Hey guys, we have a quick disclaimer for this episode. So we were notified after the fact that there's some crucial information that is missing, and rather than re-record and re-release, we're taking ownership of our mistakes and we're issuing this disclaimer. So first of all, we want to apologize for any discrepancies in the timeline or any information that has been left out or that was incorrect. Uh, Everybody has a case that they really have invested a ton of time and research into and just really love and have a favorite. Um, For example, with Haley, it's Bundy. And so it's completely understandable why people were as upset as they were that things were not as correct as we wanted them to be and obviously as you wanted them to be. And you have every right to be upset. And this case really deserves to be told correctly, not just because the fans deserve it, but also because the family and the friends of Jodi Arias's victim, Travis Scott, deserve it as well. So, yeah. And since this is such a huge case and there's so much information out there um, in research, I guess it's it's kind of easy to skim over parts or miss something. Um and it's really hard for us to get it all correct. We both have full-time jobs. This is a free podcast. <laughs> We're doing all of our research on our own as best we possibly can. So we are deeply apologetic to um, anybody who was offended by any of the mistakes that were made in this episode. Yes. Um, and for those who want more information, who want to know what mistakes we made, for those who aren't as invested or anything like that. The initial corrections that we made um, were addressed in our correction section at the top of episode 51, which is our true crime controversies episode. So if you're looking for a more detailed list or if you want to learn more about the case and you didn't notice anything was wrong, not that that matters, but either way, just you can listen there. So, yeah. And I hope you enjoyed the episode anyway. Yes, please enjoy. Sit back, relax, have a cocktail or a mocktail. Yeah. And enjoy. the podcast in a couple weeks i thought we introduced it last week i don't think we did i was high on cold medicine and i'm pretty sure i remember introducing the podcast well can you introduce the podcast this week uh i guess but like we're gonna need to talk about me getting a raise in pay um a raise from zero (laughs) a raise from negative one um (laughs) i'd like to break even on zero please good uh but yes this is crime culture. Yay! Is that it? Do I get my raise now? No. Who are you? I'm Caitlin. Who are you? I'm Haley. Oh, that's nice. Yep. So what are we going to talk about this week? All right, so... Here's the thing. We were supposed to talk about something this week. I fucked up the schedule. So we're talking about something else this week. Nobody will but ever know that this was not No one not will planned. ever know, except it just occurred to me that we were just talking about her in last week's episode. We were. We were. So yeah, for those of you who listened to last week's about- episode, well, no, for those of you who haven't listened to last week's episode, go do that real quick. Yeah. It was good. Here, I did. Here, here, we'll wait a sec. We'll wait a Sorry, sec for I'm you yawning. to catch up. It's fine. We're going to wait a sec for them to catch up. Okay. Okay, good. 
Yeah, you're back I now. Think okay, they cool. It. Now that you're caught up. So yeah, we're talking about Jody Arias this week. Yay! Um, woo! Haley's just gonna like hug her little painting or her little print or whatever it is. It's I said nice, that like I didn't it's buy it. It's a nice it. little uh, colored pencil sketch. It's it's a print though. Yes. Because she's stopped like she just made like some core pieces. We'll get into it. Um yeah. But yeah, no. So we're gonna talk about Jody Arias. Tight. That Oh god. It's it's just I knew it was bad. I didn't know it was this bad. Like I'll be honest cuz we I was around a freshman in college when her case really came to a head. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's pretty crazy. Yeah, no. She's like I don't even want I she's like a dumpster full of raccoons crazy. Like she's she's nuts. She does but have yeah. them crazy eyes. It's more than just having the crazy eyes, though, because, like, I know people who have the crazy eyes and they're perfectly normal. It's something else. Like, she's missing a couple chips. Yeah, I remember I remember hearing the name all the time. Uh, because yeah. You, were you, you were, you said you were a freshman in college? Sophomore? College. Freshman in college. Yeah, so I was, like... A sophomore uh, in college. <laughs> I mean, I didn't go to college, so. You, but you went to you were in photography school at that time. I was, yeah, but I also started. I, ca- re- I call that college. It's too long of a story, but um, <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing the name a bunch and I didn't know what was going on. And mm-hmm. then uh, I actually just recently listened to the Martinis and Murder episodes. I think they had like a two-parter. True, they did talk about it. And they like went in depth into it. And I remember listening to Oh, well, we're going to gonna go pretty in depth, too. Yeah. I remember listening to that while I was, like, on a bus coming back from, like, Boston or something. And I'm like, the trial shit. Was, the trial was fucking nuts. But yeah, not only because of that, but because the Associated, the associated Press uh-huh. um, wanted to basically have live coverage of the trial. Like, have a camera in there at all times. Uh-huh. And they were refused and it was like a big thing because they were like people want to know what's happening as it happens and yeah and it's not weird to have like a live trial because it was like isn't that what they did for uh the that's first what they one did was for, bundy yeah and, and they did was, it for oj uh, oj they did it yeah. for scott peterson like it's not and she she does have a lot of parallels in my opinion to scott peterson um yeah not necessarily in terms of her motivation but like just in terms of they're both batshit crazy and they both are like i didn't do it yeah i think but i think hers might be a little bit more like she a hundred percent did it like scott peterson they're still like mm, we'll get really i believe a hundred okay i thought i I felt that way up until i researched this but yeah we'll get into it um and then we'll we'll leave it to everybody to decide all right. But um so yes, so Jody Arias was born on July 9th, 1980 in Salinas, California to William and Sandra Arias. Um she was an aspiring photographer working as a waitress and she and Travis Alexander met in September 2006 at a PPL conference in Las Vegas, Nevada. Just the perfect place to start That's a relationship. Where- that's where you find love is i guess in in vegas at a weird conference in vegas well it's like a like i looked into it a little bit and a lot of them came up like a lot of things came up so i wasn't really sure which one it was if that makes sense um yeah but it appeared to be like an electronics 
type of electronic uh, uh, an electronics type of electronic no yeah. <laughs> an electronics type of, type of conference. conference like some or like some kind of a corporate conference like i'm not right. again i'd like a bunch of them came up and i did google like ppl conference ppl conference nevada they all yeah. kind of were just doing their thing so i was like okay this is fine but as uh-huh. far as i can tell it appears to be some kind of electronics conference like or like electrical like something electrical whether it's an electronics or like electric as in like the utility or what have you but yes i know this is fascinating for everybody listening and i apologize (laughs) um so they met in vegas didn't get married by elvis in vegas but um to circle back a little bit so then we have travis alexander and he was born on july 28th in 1977 in riverside california which is, is right are? by me. It is right by me. I will never disclose my exact location, but I am soups close to Riverside. <laughs> Great. Um, and he was born to Gary David Alexander and Pamela Elizabeth Morgan Alexander. And at the age of 11, Travis moved in with his paternal grandparents, who introduced him to the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints. A.K.A., as we've discussed prior, the Book of Mormon. Nice. Wasn't his, like, parents, like, it was a weird situation there? Like, he didn't have a great, he didn't have a great, like, upbringing? Not exactly. It was more, his dad died in 1997 when he was, like, 20, and that was hard on him. And, like, it, like, his dad, like, it really affected him. Yeah. So, like, after his dad died, all of his siblings were taken in by his grandma, by his dad's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and But, like, he turned out okay. He turned out fine. He had a couple yeah. issues with sex, which we'll get into. But, like, overall, like, he was a really well-rounded dude. Like, he was a salesman. He was a motivational speaker. Um, PPL, I don't read my notes. And I didn't put two and two together. Uh-huh. I bet you it's prepaid legal services. Oh, wait, I didn't know that. Which is because I didn't write PPL as an acronym in my notes. Yeah. But I bet you. All right. So everybody just witnessed me have a blonde moment live. And in real time. Good. So that's fine. So, yeah. So for those who were wondering. Uh, so but that's I, I, did, I did know that, that she worked for the, the prepaid legal services thing. He did. Thing. Uh, he did. She, she was at the conference for it. So she had something to I do think- with it. Yeah, yeah, but she was ultimately, like, waitressing, because she wanted to be a photographer and an artist. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, we'll get into on. that. So, yeah, so Jody Arias, meanwhile, not when she knew him, converted to Mormonism as well, and on November 26th, 2006, she was baptized into the Latter-day Saints Church in a ceremony in Southern California. Um, and you and- said she did that not for him? Not for him. She, oh, did, she they did had not met yet. Him. They had not met oh. yet. Um, they she was baptized in two thousand six. They started dating in February two thousand seven. Oh, all right. Yeah, um, but she did plenty of other crazy shit. So like, it's fine. Um, right. For example, she moved to Mesa, Arizona, to live closer to Alexander. Yeah, that's normal. Wasn't that after they broke up? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I think she did move closer. Like, she did. She, well, we'll, we'll get there. Because, like, they broke up and then they didn't break up. Like, it was like, they were on again, off again. Oh, um, I hate those. Yeah, no, those are fun. Um, she, 
it like moved to Mesa to live closer to him. And then a month after she moved to Mesa to live closer to him, she moved to Eureka. No, why Rika? So it's literally the letter Y in Rika, but there's also a Eureka, California, and I'm going to fuck it up a lot, but I know that it's Y Rika. For those of you listening who are still laughing at La Jolla, Lajala, I promise you, this is Lajala. how you say it, and it's Y Rika. I hate you, Haley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I actually hate you. Um, not true. No, it's not. I, I, I love you so much, but all right. Um, so, yeah. So in March 2007, she moved to Y Rika, and she lived there with her grandparents, and they still continued to date for like a year and a half, but it was pretty much a long distance relationship. Mm-hmm. And they would visit each other in Arizona and California. And his friends, like Travis Alexander's friends who knew Arius, um, they saw them together and everything. They tended to not really like her. Mm. Um, they felt that their relationship was unusually tumultuous. And yeah they were really concerned with how Arius specifically behaved. Um, Yeah, I know a couple of relationships like that. Yeah, I do too. But (laughs) what can you do? Can't do much. Nope. Um, Nope. But so, yeah. So then in early 2008, so they've been dating around a year at this time. Um, Alexander, like, I, 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 his last name is Alexander, but this is the problem. This is why you don't give your kid two first names, okay? Like, either hyphenate your last name with somebody else's last name or give them like a traditionally like last name first name like i don't know what you want to do are here, you name but, like, shaming i am name shaming because it's getting super confusing people are gonna think that travis alexander's name is alexander and i want to refer to him by his I last think, name i think a bunch of people already do like people who aren't super into the case think that his name is <laughs> people aren't super into the case please <laughs> Um, uh, like, yeah. excuse me? Anyway, you're going to say <laughs> Alexander, but his name is Travis. Yes. Um, Go on. His first name is Travis. Yes. So, yes. So in early 2008, they've been dating for like about a year at this point, And Alexander told people that Arius would join him for a work-related trip to Cancun in Mexico. Not half bad. And yeah, that right? was scheduled. I, I want whatever like, job that is. Cancun. PPL. <laughs> yeah. PPL yes. Legal Services. Um. But so that was scheduled for June 15th, 2008. But mm-hmm. that April, Alexander asked that his travel companion be changed to another female friend. Ooh. Yes. Meanwhile, on May 28th, 2008, a burglary occurred at Arius's grandparents' house. And again, she was living with them at this time. Uh-huh. And among the missing objects was a .25 caliber automatic Colt pistol. I say that like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and that was never recovered. Oh. Remember that. Gotta hate it when your gun is stolen. Yeah, no, like, well, I mean, it is like a big pain in the ass in the sense of like, it's registered to you if something yeah, exactly. fucking happens, like, but no, just, just. As long remember- as, I think as long as you were like, report it missing as soon as it's missing, then... You're not yeah. really. Well, yeah, but then, like, what about the people who say, like, keep it locked up in a safe and they yeah, don't really, true. like, check on it all the time? Like, I know of people who have it for, like, safekeep, not safekeeping, like, literal safekeeping to keep themselves <laughs> safe. But, um, like, they don't, they, they don't necessarily, they're not, like, using it every day. They're not, like, checking to make sure. It's not like you get up, you brush your teeth, 
you take a shower and you check that your gun is there. Like, it's not, not everybody is like that. So I can understand, like, and then you, you figure out it's gone. You don't know how long it's gone. Yeah. So, yeah. But either way, remember the pistol. Um... So then a few days later, on June 2nd, between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m., Arius called Alexander four times, but did not appear to get through to him, since the longest of the calls was 17 seconds. Mm. And then after 3 a.m., Alexander called Arius twice, the first for 18 minutes and the second time for 41 minutes. Wow. I don't know what they're doing up this early, but that's fine by me. You do you. Then Some at- people talk on the phone. Nah. Uh, (laughs) But then at 4.03 a.m., Arius called Alexander back, and the call lasted two minutes and 48 seconds. Yes, he was probably like, go to sleep, bitch. Yeah, no, he probably was. Like, come (laughs) on. Like, I know, like, my friend Erin has, I think on her Instagram, like, a conversation between the two of us where she texted me at 7 a.m. And I was like, why the fuck are you texting me at 7 a.m.? Go to sleep. Too early. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of sleeping in. Big fan of not getting up past noon. But um, So you wouldn't be caught in this situation. I would probably be caught in a situation where I murdered somebody for waking me up before noon. Probably. Go on. Yeah. Um that being said, um so none of these calls or their transcripts were presented during Arius's trial, so we don't really know what was said during those calls. Oh, okay. But given the amount and everything, Something probably happened. Yeah. At 5.39 a.m., Arius set out to drive south to a rent rent a car. Um, I can't speak today. She set out to drive south to rent a car. Okay. And she was heading to Utah. And based on the evidence that she made a gasoline purchase in that Shell station, for those who don't know what Shell station is, it's a gas station. It's very well known. Their logo is a shell. Um, in Wairika. And mm-hmm. on June 2nd at 8.04 a.m., she rented a car at Budget Rent-A-Car in Redding, California. Mm-hmm. She indicated that she would return the car to that budget in Redding. And she went on to visit friends in Southern California on her way to Utah for a PPL work conference and to meet with Ryan Burns, who was a fellow PPL worker. Mm-hmm. So then by late evening on June 3rd, Arius apparently headed for Salt Lake City. Um, okay. So then on June 4th, 2008, so the next day, Alexander missed an important conference call. And the next day, on June 5th, Arius met with Burns in Salt Lake City in the neighborhood of West Jordan, Utah, and they attended business meetings for the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, Burns later said that he noticed that Arius's typically blonde hair was now a dark brown and that she had cuts on her hands. Oh. So, yeah. So then on June 6th, um, Arius left Salt Lake City and she drove west towards California she called Alexander, like Travis Alexander. I, I know. I know I don't need to explain. I feel the need to explain. Um, she called the boy. She called the, she called the boy. And she called him a bunch of times, left several voicemails. She also accessed his cell phone voicemail system. Because that's fucking healthy. I know. I know. Um, it's weird. Yeah, it's a little little bit weird. 
But then when she returned the car on June 7th, it had been driven about 28,000 miles. And for our friends in Belfast, that's uh, Belfast. I'm I'm so Belfast. Belfast. I'm like, I don't know what my problem is. I think I'm just like, I eat a lot of Chinese food and I think that I am running low on MSG and experience with experiencing withdrawal symptoms. Like, I really think that may be it because I'm just shot mentally. But yes. <laughs> For our friends in Belfast, that's 45,000 kilometers. And the rental clerk testified that the car was missing its floor mats and had red stains oh. on the front and rear seats. I mean, we I don't know. charge for that. Well, that's the thing. It couldn't be verified that the car had floor mats when she picked it up. And any oh. stains couldn't be verified because the car was cleaned before police could examine it. So don't know if she got charged for the mats. She might have been charged for the stains, but All they right. did not know whether or not it had floor mats. Okay. They, I'm sure now they are doing a much better job of making sure that the cars have what they're supposed to have. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So then on June 9th, after a bunch of his friends weren't able to reach Alexander, they a group of them went to his home. And this and is like this is like a like a week before he has to go on that trip to Cancun? Um, let me see. It's about a week. They were supposed to leave on what is it? June 15th? Somebody's somebody's screaming at me right now. Yeah, going, I think oh my God. I think it was like the 15th. I believe it was but June like, 15th. So I'm people at my are notes here. People are trying to contact him like he should be getting ready for his trip, like there's well, stuff we'll, going on. We'll get into that. We'll get into that cuz that plays a relatively big role. Uh huh. Um, where in the world? Yes, June fifteenth was the was the work related trip to Cancun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in no. which he was bringing somebody that was not Jody Arias. Yes, he was bringing non Jody, okay. um, a woman who will forever be referred to now as non Jody. Not um, non Jody. But so yeah, so they went to his house. His roommates hadn't seen him for several days. But they figured he was out of town on that Cancun trip, even though it's oh, June 9th, so they, not June yeah, 15th. So they, they probably they just suspected the wrong nothing. Dates. Yeah, they suspected right. nothing. Um, so then after they like looked around the house, they found a key to his bedroom and his friends entered and found large pools of blood in the hallway to the master bathroom where Ooh. his body was discovered in the shower. Ew, and it had been there for how many days at this point? He was killed well, on the fourth. If he was killed on the fourth, it would be there for one business week, since we're oh. since we're super into work conferences. So it was oh. probably bloated as shit. Um, it probably smelled like boy. That's apartment. what I. That's what I kept wondering. I was like, why did nobody like think, hey, this smells? Because they're all boys living in yeah, one apartment. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. That's true. That's right. Do all you know what a freshman boys apartment right smells now. like? Uh, no, I don't. I commuted to college. Thank fucking God. Oh, God. I stayed in a freshman boys apartment. I know you did. I many you a did. weekend. You stayed and... with Michael and Elliot. Yeah. So. <laughs> to be fair, though, Michael's very clean. So I don't know if he was very clean when he was a freshman, but he's very clean now. So I'm going to go with that and I'm going to take <sighs> that and run. But yeah, no. But, so. Back to back to but Alexander. If they, if, they, if they think that uh, he's away on that trip, obviously they're like, 
all right, so like it's not weird that we don't see him. And yeah. if they smell something, they'll probably be like, oh, somebody didn't take out the garbage or like he left food in his room. Yeah. But I don't know if like you smell dead body and you're immediately like, oh, that smells like dead body. Yeah, no, I like I think unless you're surrounded by dead bodies on a, the regular, whether you work in a morgue or in like yeah. the crime field or something like that, like you don't really know what a dead body smells like. Now, I've heard from other people that, that you don't forget it once when you, you know, smell it. Not just not just you don't forget it, but like it's like an internal instinct. Like when you know, you know. Yeah, it's like it's like there are two times. How do you know you love someone? How do you know that there's a dead body in the vicinity? And both times yep. when you know, you know. I guess. Hopefully those don't intersect and it's not somebody you love or you're not in love with a dead body a la Ed Gein. But yeah, when you know, you know. I can't even imagine the reaction of the people walking into that room. I would like to not imagine because no. I'd, I personally, I don't think, I think I would have a physical reaction of some sort, whether it was like vomit, passing out. I think it's just, just a combination of just moving. every emotion. Yeah, I'd be fucking done yeah but no so, okay so they find him on the ninth they find him on the ninth he's uh-huh. in his bath he's in his bathroom discovered in the shower mm-hmm. he had 27 to 29 stab wounds a little bit of overkill a slit throat and a gunshot wound to the head with a shell casing from a spent 0.25 caliber round found near his body Oh, wait, what was the, the gun that was stolen from her grandparents' house? Why, Haley, I do believe it was a .25 caliber Colt pistol. Wow, what a coincidence. What are the chances? Jeez. Wow, that's, that's, that's some tough luck. That's unlucky right there. You know what I bet? I bet that whoever broke into her grandparents' house used that same pistol on him. I bet I mean, that's what yeah. that robber did. They tried to rob his house, too, and it didn't work out. I mean, that's the only logical solution. Yeah, I guess so. I guess. But yeah, so medical examiner Kevin Horn would later testify that Alexander's jugular vein, common carotid artery, and trachea had been slashed. And yeah, that's that's a bit of a... That's a bit that's of not a, fun. Tis but a flesh wound. Um, and... Alexander had defensive wounds on his hands. Oh. Horn further testified that Alexander, quote, may have been dead at the time the gunshot was inflicted and that the back stab wounds were shallow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Then in the 911 call, which was not heard by the jury, the dispatcher asked if Alexander had been suicidal or if anyone was angry enough to hurt him. First of all, why the fuck would you be like, were they suicidal? Yeah, and then you they stab yourself stab 27 wounds. to 29 times when you're suicidal? I'm sorry. I think like there's a difference no. between the injuries of somebody who was suicidal and somebody who was viciously attacked. There's a big difference. <laughs> um like I don't claim to be an expert on either subject. I guess they just have to ask all of the questions, so like perhaps, perhaps. But yeah. yes, but they also said, was anybody angry enough to hurt him? So uh-huh. immediately, Alexander's friends mentioned Arius specifically as a possible suspect. Mm. Um, they said that Alexander had said she was stalking him, accessing his Facebook account, and slashing his tires. Oof. Yeah. That's not cool. She Get can't let it, go. I know, right? Like, come on. <laughs> come on. Um, 
So then, while searching Alexander's home, police found his recently purchased digital camera damaged in the washing machine. But Mm -hmm. police were able to recover deleted images showing Arius and Alexander in sexually suggestive poses. Can't speak today. Uh, Poses, which were taken at approximately 1.40 p.m. on June 4th. Hmm. Interesting. But here's my other thing. As somebody who attended a photography school and somebody (laughs) who uh, was an aspiring photographer was not me jody arias oh um, okay i was like i think you st- i thought all this time that it was you i was like what i attended like, no i attended photog- shoot things all the time <laughs> i attended photography school and she was an aspiring photographer now here's the thing how does Uh-oh. she think that putting a camera in the washing machine especially at the house where the crime was committed was not going to be found <laughs> You know what you I, do? You take, you smash the camera. You take it camera, with you and you throw it in the Pacific. You take the camera, you smash it into bits, you throw it in a dumpster, like on you your way home SD at that card. fucking shell station. You don't even need the camera. You just need this, the memory you card. Fucking, you frisbee the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the memory card out the window as you're driving back to California. You eat the memory card out the window holy hell what a dumb bitch oh it gets better it gets better she remember remember she was blonde she was blonde at this time so that could be why and that's weird because every picture i've seen pictures of her blonde and i'm like that's fake and then i saw pictures of her with brown hair right and i saw pictures of her brown hair i was like yeah that checks out yeah yeah but anyway um, yes so the final photograph of alexander alive showed him in the shower and mm-hmm. it was taken at 5.29 p.m. that day. Like, on the 4th, June 4th. Yes. So then, photos taken moments later showed an individual believed to be Alexander profusely bleeding, that's a quote, Ooh. on the bathroom floor. Um, a bloody palm print was discovered along the wall in the bathroom hallway, and it contained DNA from both Alexander and Arius. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So not surprisingly, Alexander's death was ruled a homicide. Yeah. Not a fucking suicide, like some people would think. That's fine, though. That's fine. I'll air my grievances on that another day. But, um, so yeah. So on July 9th, 2008, Arius was indicted by a grand jury in Maricopa County, Arizona. And that's and like a full month after he was found. Yeah. 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 And, um... That was for the first degree murder of Alexander. Uh-huh. And she was arrested at her home in California on July 15th and extradited to Arizona on September 5th. Arius pled not guilty on September 11th. And during this time, she gave several different accounts about her involvement in Alexander's death. Um, she originally told police that she had not been in Mesa on the day of the murder and that she had last seen Alexander in March 2007. Mm. But, as Moray would say, it was determined that that was a lie. Yeah. And Arius later evidence. told police. Yeah, exactly. They probably just whipped out the fucking camera and they were like, come again. Do you, do you recognize this? Uh, I hate to break it to you. You have an evil twin then. Um, yeah, right. But yeah, so then she told police that two intruders had broken into Alexander's home, murdering him and attacking her. Uh, I'm just gonna. See, I'm just, here's yeah. Here's the other thing. Changing your story never looks good. 
It never looks good. So if you're going to go the, with a she lie, does a bunch of things that never lie. look good, though. She does a bunch of things that never look good. Um, <laughs> like, like I said, she and Sc- like dyeing your hair blonde. Like, oh, God, <laughs> just, just don't. Just don't. Big mistake right there. All of her problems could have been avoided. Um, yeah. But no, she and Scott, who also actually dyed his hair blonde. She and Scott Peterson make a lot of similar well, she, terrible mistakes. Well, she apparently mistakes. dyed her hair brown. No, right? but... And she was originally a blonde? Did you see her as a blonde? She was not a natural blonde. Yeah, she was fake blonde. There was not a there was not a real blonde hair on that goddamn crazy head of hers. That's the uh that's the tell for when you're uh a psycho that's a psycho killer? Is that you're a bottle blonde? But like bad. I know lots of girls that are fucked then. (laughs) Um me being friends with brunettes from now on. Um it's a mood. But yeah, so then she told police that people had broken in and murdered Alexander and attacked her. Again, why would you not maybe fucking tell somebody that? But that's right, fine. Right, and everyone's like, bullshit. Yeah, exactly. So then two years after her arrest, Arius told police that she killed Alexander in self-defense, claiming that she had been a victim of domestic violence. And we'll get into that. I find mm. that kind of insulting because that's giving victims of domestic violence a bad rap. But we'll we'll continue and we'll get to that. Yeah, it's taking away the stories of people that that situation actually applies to. Yeah, it's no different than when men and women cry rape. Yeah. But, um, so then on April 6th, 2009, a motion to reconsider the defendant's motion to disqualify the Maricopa County District Attorney's Office was denied. Mm-hmm. On May 18th, the court ordered Arias to submit to IQ and competency testing. Mm-hmm. And later, in January 2011, a defense filing detailing the efforts to which Arias's attorneys went to obtain text messages and emails was brought out. Uh-huh. And the prosecution initially told the defense attorneys that there were no available text messages sent or received by Alexander. And then they were ordered to turn over several hundred of such messages. Wow. Um. So, lots of, lots of mistakes all over the place. Um, lots Sounds of, like it. Do you think people aren't going to believe this? But yeah. So then Mesa Police Detective Esteban Flores told defense attorneys that there was nothing, quote, out of the ordinary among Alexander and Arias's emails to mm-hmm. each other and individually. And about 8,000 were turned over to the defense in June Holy hell. Yeah, those are a lot of emails. They only knew each other for, like, a year. A year, yeah. But, I mean, think about it. Like, you're in that honeymoon phase. Yeah, but also also this was, like, 2007, 8, right? But it was also a tumultuous relationship. So there were a lot of on-again, off-again. And, I mean, like, hello, emails were the fucking love letters of, like, the the digital age that we're still in. So I don't know why I said was. But still, like, I mean, hello, fucking, you've got mail. Um... But yeah. yeah, but it was like 2007, 8. Like, they could have texted each other these things. Uh, okay, money bags. Maybe you could have texted these things, but I distinctly remember being way too Having poor a text to have limit? a texting plan. Um, text limit? My text limit was zero. Yeah, I, I didn't was, have texting until I was like not, 2010. So then, why are you throwing <laughs> texting around? D- he worked Good for like a, a law place. And she was an aspiring photographer. Don't I know it. My friends who had money in high school 
didn't go texting me because they knew I'd get a boot up my ass if we got a $30 charge for a fucking text message. Unlimited texting. Who did not exist when I was your age? Yes. So 8,000 emails. Jesus Christ. Um... So then the trial commenced in Maricopa County's Superior Court before Judge Sherry K. Stevens on -hmm. December 10th, 2011. And initially, so I was a junior in high school at this point, but when the trial was like, I can't even say when it was finished, but like, like, because that wasn't it. But like when it was really coming to a head, I was a freshman in college. Um, I had graduated high school at this point. Yes. Um, So... The trial began on December 10th, like initial jury selection began on December 10th, 2012. Uh-huh. And in opening arguments on January 2nd, 2013, prosecuting attorney Esteban Martinez sought the death penalty. And Arias was represented by appointed counsel L. Kirk Nurmi and Jennifer Wilmot. Wilmot? Mm-hmm. Not sure. Either one. Um, and they argued that Alexander's death was a justifiable homicide committed in self-defense. So this is a, she's run through two different excuses at this point. She's on to the third. Um, see which one's going to stick. Yes. So then her coworker Burns testified that when Arius visited him in Utah, the two had spent several hours hugging and kissing on a large beanbag chair. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, she told him that she had cut her hands on broken glass while working at a restaurant called Margaritaville, which Love it. I'm sure many of us know. Jimmy Buffett themed restaurant. Super great food. I hear they have great margs. Um, yeah. And a detective testified that no restaurant by that name had ever existed in the Wairika area. Oh, um, all right. Yes. And at the time, Arius was working at a restaurant called Casa Ramos. Okay. So um later arius testified that after she cut her finger she was saying that she that this was because quote i had a bazillion margaritas to make (laughs) which i know isn't relevant but i just thought it was so funny i had to include it i had like a bazillion margaritas to make and this is on record (laughs) like let the jury know i had like a bazillion margaritas to make um, so then later the prosecution argued that since a .25 caliber round was found near Alexander's body and that a gun of the same caliber was stolen from Arias' re- residence in Wairika the week before, mm-hmm. she had staged the burglary and used the gun to kill Alexander, which to anybody with two brain cells to rub together, yeah, that's yeah, what that fucking happened. Like, yeah, that seems but like a no, likely stance to take. Like... As the Republicans say, we're going to waste taxpayer dollars. We're going to go through a whole fucking trial for this rather than just like wrapping it up with what we know is true. Well, you gotta. Um, Yeah, I know. Innocent until proven guilty. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Not not that I don't believe in that, but like. She's a bottle blonde. It's proven guilty. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But no, Um so Martinez claimed Arias had stalked Alexander and had slashed his tires twice. And in addition, in the final days before his death, Alexander had called her, quote, a sociopath and, quote, the worst thing that has ever happened to me. Whoa. <laughs> so. Um, She's like, oh, you want to see the worst thing that ever happened to you? Yeah. Try 27 to 29 stab wounds, motherfucker. 
Um, but yeah, no. So he also stated that he was shockingly afraid of her. Wonder why? I would be too. I I'm afraid of her now. Um, yeah. So on February fourth, twenty thirteen, Jody Arias took the stand to testify for what would be a total of eighteen days. Um, Shit. Yeah. The sheer length of time that she spent on the stand was described by criminal defense attorney Mark Garagos as, quote, unprecedented. It no sounds fucking like it. shit, Mark. On the first day of her testimony, Arias told of being violently abused by her parents, beginning when mm. she was around seven years old, um, because this is relevant to the trial. And she testified that she rented a car in Reading because Budget's website gave her two options, one to the north and one to the south, and her brother lived in Reading. Okay. Um, on her second day on the stand, so that's all one full day as we're talking about that. Wow. Um, on the second day on the stand, Arias said that their sex life, hers and Alexander's, included oral and anal. Um, Great. She, she said that, again, so much I did not want or need to know. But um, she said that the anal was painful for her the first time they experienced it together. <laughs> no fucking shit. And that while she considered these forms of sex to be real sex... Alexander did not, as they were technically not against Mormon rules, considering regular sexual intercourse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot yeah. they were Mormons. Yeah. Cue the, um, what is it? It's the Garfunkel and Oates song, Fuck Me in the Ass, Because I Love Jesus. Cue it. I mean, um, yeah. That's that's it. Like, go pause this right now. You have my permission and listen to that song and then circle back and be like, yeah, that's it. Um, that's the situation we're dealing with. That's right the now. situation we're dealing with right now. But um, Arius said that eventually they did have, like, P in the V sex, um, mm-hmm. but less often. And a phone sex tape was played in which Alexander said, this is a doozy. This is weird. <laughs> like, I'm not one to kink shit. <laughs> I, I think I've heard <laughs> these transcripts before, but go on. <laughs> I need to get it together because I, I, uh, okay. Um so alexander said that he wanted to again i'm not trying to kink shame but what the fuck zip tie her to a tree and have anal sex with her while she was dressed as little red riding hood i mean everyone's got their thing everyone's got a kink and like i think individually these wouldn't be so bad zip ties anal little red riding hood but you put them all together and then it's like, okay, what's going on here? See, here's the other thing. Maybe you were right. Maybe he did have a rough childhood. I'm just going to have, I'm going to have a, a little small segment. It's called, here's the thing. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Um, here's the thing about this. So they didn't, they were try, they were avoiding traditional sex because they're Mormons and it was not allowed. But <laughs> then he sends that text message I'm yeah, pretty sure that's against Mormon rules. Man, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm not a Mormon. If you're a Mormon or a former Mormon or you know Mormons, like, somebody explain. You live in Utah. Like, somebody, I I don't know. It I seems don't know. Like, it seems like a little too much for uh, what he's trying to accomplish This whole here. thing is a little too much, Haley. <laughs> the entire reason we're here is a little too much that's Um, true so anyway after that so after that after that um Mm -hmm. 
Arius had recorded this phone sex session without Alexander's knowledge or consent, apparently oh. hoping to use it to embarrass Alexander in front of his Mormon peers. Oh. Ooh. Cute. So then Arius also testified that Alexander had secretly found young boys and girls sexually attractive and that she tried to help him with these urges. Oh. Yeah. And forensic experts testified that an examination of Alexander's computer found no evidence of pornographic material. Um, Okay. Arius also testified that her relationship with Alexander became increasingly physical and emotionally abusive. And Mm -hmm. Arius said that Alexander shook her while saying, quote, I'm fucking sick of you, which I'm not so sure I don't believe. But anyway, Um, and then he began, quote, screaming at me. After which he, quote, body slammed me on the floor at the foot of his bed and taunted her saying, quote, don't act like that hurts. Oh, wow. Before he called her a, quote, bitch and kicked her in the ribs. Oh. Again, I wonder if this is him acting in self-defense. Like when I first was like taking these notes, I was like, come on. Like, is this possible? Yes. But anyway, um... So Arius held up her left hand in the courtroom, um, saying that afterwards he went to kick her and she put her hand out mm-hmm. and she was able to show everybody in the court, the courthouse that her ring finger was crooked as if it had been broken. Okay. I don't um, think she's not crazy enough to break her own finger. And, or uh, who's to say my mom broke her finger when she was like seven. Her her thing is it's still crooked. Yeah, yeah, it could have um, been for like anything. Like we don't have like it's not like she was abused. And this is another reason why, ladies, gentlemen, if you're being abused, get some records of it because you never know. Your on again, off again Mormon boyfriend could end up dead, and you could be on the stand being accused of killing him. And yeah. How are we going to know if you were abused by your on-again, off-again Mormon boyfriend? We're not, because there's no paper trail. You gotta... If there's one thing Olivia Benson taught me, it's to always be aware of my surroundings. But also... Leave a paper trail. Leave a paper trail. Um, But so, yes. So, according to Arius, the dysfunction of their relationship reached its climax when she killed him in self-defense after he became enraged when she dropped his camera, forcing her to fight for her life. Mm. (sighs) Yeah, anyway... Um, next, this was the, again, as I said, third different account of Alexander's death given by Arius, which both yeah. prosecutors, courtroom observers, and later jurors felt severely damaged her credibility. No fucking shit. Yeah. Um, and rebuttal witnesses from the prosecution included several of Alexander's other girlfriends who oh. stated he never exhibited any symptoms or anything like that of anger or violence yeah yeah um so then arius comments that she addressed comments that she made in a september 2008 interview with inside edition which Mm -hmm. we all know and love and they had been played earlier in the trial and in the interview she said quote this is probably what you remember no jury is going to convict me because I am innocent. You can mark my words on that. Discussing the statement during her testimony, Arias said, quote, At the time of the interview, I had plans to commit suicide, so I was extremely confident that no jury would convict me because I didn't expect any of you to be here. 
Oh, all right. I I just okay. But um then at the close of his cross-examination of Arius, Martinez replayed the video and prompted Arius to affirm that she had said during the interview that she would not be convicted because she was innocent. And okay. when being questioned by Martinez, Arius was initially kind of combative and flippant and just generally like like a like a bratty teenager. Mm-hmm. But um then after several days, Martinez was able to highlight the numerous lies and inconsistencies and exaggerations that she brought forth in her testimony. And yeah. she admitted to stabbing and shooting Alexander despite her earlier claims of a lapse in her memory. Well then, she just somehow miraculously started to remember again. And yet, it's still not over. Of course not. This is just the end of what was called the guilt phase of the trial, which was described by the jury's foreman, William Zervakos. And he expressed an opinion common to both jurors and observers when he told ABC News's Good Morning America that Arius's testimony didn't do her any good. He said, quote, I think 18 days hurt her. I think she was not a good witness. Again, yeah. No shit. Um, Mm -hmm. So then starting on March 14th, psychologist Richard Samuels testified for the defense for nearly six days. That's that's more normal. Um, (laughs) He said that Arius was likely suffering from acute stress at the time of the killing, sending her body into a, quote, fight or flight mode to defend herself, which caused her brain to stop retaining memory. In response to a juror's question, asking whether this scenario could occur, even if this was a premeditated murder, as the prosecution contended, he responded, quote, Is it possible? Yes. Is it probable? No. Samuels mm. also diagnosed Arius with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. And Martinez lacked Samuels's credibility and accused him of forming a relationship with Arius and being biased. Samuels had previously testified that he had compassion for Arias, so Martinez wasn't that far off. Yeah. Um, beginning on March 26th, Alice La Violette, Violette um, who was a psychotherapist who specialized in domestic violence, testified that Arias was a victim of domestic abuse and that most victims do not tell anyone about abuse because they feel ashamed and humiliated, which is very true. And... She also summarized emails from Alexander's close friends saying, quote, they have basically advised Miss Arias to move on from a relationship that Mr. Alexander has been abusive to women. So what? his girlfriends say one thing. These this people are saying sense. another thing. But that's where I that's where, like, I get got into the, well, is she guilty or not? Yeah. Um, the clinical psychologist Janine DeMart testified for the prosecution stating that she found no evidence Alexander had abused Arius and no evidence of PTSD or amnesia Mm -hmm. in Arius. And furthermore, Arius's claim of total memory loss for long stretches of time was inconsistent with the traumatic amnesia associated with PTSD, which manifests itself in much as much shorter gaps in one's memory. Yeah. So instead, DeMart said that Arius suffered from borderline personality disorder. So for those who don't know what that is, um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend does a really good um, portrayal of it. That show with Rebecca Bunch, played by Rachel Bloom, created by Rachel Bloom. She's iconic. She's a goddess. Unless you're Neil Patrick Harris, you know who she is. Um, And then 
Another good one is United States of Terror with Tony Collette, which was on, I think, like Showtime or Stars or something like that a couple mm-hmm. years ago. But it's basically like... You and got, that's what it, uh, Pete Davidson has, right? Is it is it borderline or is it bipolar? I think it was a uh, borderline. Okay, I don't know. I don't follow Pete Davidson enough to know. But um, again, like it, for those who don't know, that's basically what it. That's those are examples of what it is. Because I don't want to like yeah. say it's one thing and then have somebody come forward and be like, I have it, and you're wrong. Because then that makes them look like a crazy person, probably. Um, yeah. and they're not crazy. They just have something going on. But um, some of the signs that proved that Arius suffered from borderline personality disorder are immaturity and an unstable sense of identity. Mm -hmm. Um, People who suffer from such a disorder, she said, quote, have a terrified feeling of being abandoned by others. Um, The final defense witness was psychologist Dr. Robert Geffner, who said that DeMart's borderline diagnosis was, quote, not appropriate and that all tests taken by Arius since her arrest pointed toward an anxiety disorder stemming from trauma. He also said that tests indicated that she answered questions honestly without lying. That's what honestly means. I don't know why I put that. Um, And following Geffner's testimony, the state recalled Dr. Horn, who testified further on the gunshot wound and called Dr. Jill Hayes, a forensic neuropsychologist, who disputed Geffner's testimony that the MMPI test was not geared toward diagnosing borderline personality disorder. And that concluded a long-ass day in court. Yeah, but her testimony was literally the third story that she gave. So, no, she didn't answer everything honestly without yeah. lying. <laughs> yeah, like, and that was also... the third story she told. This, this is what I don't like about lie detector tests, okay? Because there are so many people out there that can be cool under pressure. And therefore, you you can pass a lie detector test... And be With, totally like, pure fine. confidence. Mm. You can yeah. be you can be more than just confident. You can be so delusional that you've got it in your head that this these are the events that happened when you tell a lie yeah. so much and so often into such detail. It just yeah, it just becomes what it becomes you reality for you. Yeah. yeah. Um. But regardless, on April twenty fourth, and again, she could be she could be innocent. I don't know. This is really what made me start to question it, though. Was yeah. all these like different psychologists were going? Because yeah, now the pro- yes, now all no, the professionals yes, no. are fighting over it. Yeah, they're all fighting over it, and it's like, well, who who is she to fool professionals? Like, what is that yeah, supposed to mean? Is she yeah, fooling them? And so it's it's very. This is what I mean. There's like more of a gray area to it than one would initially think. And I think that if these trials were televised, if they were, like, done in real time, I think that would have affected whether or not people had a strong opinion of whether or not she's guilty. Because I'll be honest, like... Yeah, I think there would be more varied opinions, because yeah. I think the opinion of the main uh, part of the um, culture is that she is guilty. Yeah, I think that's, a, like, she's seen as the crazy bitch. She's, like, right up there with Lorena Bobbitt. And for those who yeah. don't know, Lorena Bobbitt, she didn't kill her husband, but she chopped his dick off, so she sure killed his sex life. And uh, no, like, didn't he become a porn star? What? We'll talk Did about he? it because uh, will we? <laughs> yeah, we will because uh, she has one. a new she has a new series coming she out. She has a new series coming out. Oh, yeah. See, it guys? was weird that you brought it up, but yeah, there's going to be a, a Bobbitt. The more you know, God documentary damn. series. 
I won't anyway. be watching that. But anyway. Um, so then on April 24th, in response to previous testimony given by Arias about buying a five-gallon gas can from a Walmart store in Salinas on June 3rd, 2008, um, mm-hmm. which she returned the same day, the prosecution called Amanda Webb, who was an employee from the only Walmart in Salinas, to the stand. And Webb said that according to Walmart's records, no one returned a five-gallon gas can on that date, and that Arias returned the gas can a week later rather than on June 3rd. Um, And the gas can evidence was seen as important in establishing premeditation because the prosecutor argued that Arias was trying to avoid being recorded on gas station security cameras as she drove to Mesa. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. So then in closing arguments on May 4th, Arias's, which was my beloved former dog Pierre's birthday, and I love him to bits. I think we've Um, mentioned him before. we've We've probably mentioned him before. I'm still not over him. He is. Anyway, don't tell Michael the love of my life. Birthday. Anyway, um, uh, on Pierre's birthday, Arius's defense argued that the premeditation theory did not make sense. Shocking. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, no shit. Um, and her defense said, quote, what happened in that moment in time the relationship, the relationship of chaos that did not, that ended in chaos as well. Uh, mm. There is nothing about what happened on June fourth in that bathroom that looks planned. Couldn't it also be that after everything they went through in that relationship, that she simply snapped? Ultimately, if Miss Arias is guilty of any crime at all, it is the crime of manslaughter and nothing more. So even they're like, okay, we're not going to win this one. So let's try to just like plead it down. Yeah. Um, and in a rebuttal. Martinez, the prosecuting attorney, described the extent and variety of Alexander's wounds, saying, quote, there is no evidence that he ever laid a hand on her, ever. Nothing Mm. indicates that this is anything less than a slaughter. There was no way to appease this woman who just wouldn't leave him alone. Mm. Which, yeah, true, accurate, probably. Again, we don't know, allegedly. But um, then on April 3rd, a member of the jury was dismissed for misconduct. Um... Around this same time, the defense team asked for a mistrial, not because the jury member was dismissed, but because they claimed the prosecutor, Martinez, had acted inappropriately and said the case resembled a, quote, modern day equivalent to the Salem witch trials. And Uh in the motion, the defense team contended, quote, the prosecutorial misconduct has infested these proceedings with a level of unfairness that cannot be cured by any other means. So basically, they were testing out their SAT words. And yeah, I guess. the motion also stated there is a, quote, circus-like atmosphere inside the courtroom. And Prosecutor Juan Martinez had yelled at witnesses, attacked witnesses on a personal level, and had thrown evidence. Mm. Um, the judge denied the appeal. And then on April 12th, another juror was excused for health reasons. And a third juror was dismissed on April 25th after being arrested for a DUI. So the jurors are now (laughs) dropping like flies. flies. Yes. We're losing jurors left and right. Jodi Arias is guilty, but still not proven guilty. She's a witch trials. Yes. It's it's the witch. It's the witch trial circus. Like, it's just it's a whole thing. Wow. But finally, on May 7th, 2013, my motherfucking birthday after 15 hours of deliberation. Yes. Thank you, Haley. I love you. Um. (laughs) Arius was found guilty of first-degree murder. Yay! Out of 
12 jurors, the 12 jurors that are fucking left. Yeah, right. Five jurors found her guilty of first degree premeditated murder and seven jurors found her guilty of both first degree premeditated murder and felony murder. Wow. Double murder. Double murder. Double murder. So following the first degree murder conviction, the prosecution was required to convince the jury that the murder was, quote, cruel, heinous or depraved in mm-hmm. order for them to determine that Arius was eligible for the death penalty. This was okay. considered the, quote, aggravation phase of the trial. And that Jesus. started on May 15, 2013. I love these phases. I love them. It's like, it's like yeah, the right. moon phases. You've got new moon and you've got crescent moon. You've got aggravation phase and guilt phase. It's great. Good. Um, so the only witness was the medical examiner who performed the autopsy. And Arius's attorneys, who had repeatedly asked to step down from the case, <laughs> wonder <laughs> why, um, they gave only brief statements for the opening and closing arguments. And they basically said the adrenaline rushing through Alexander's body may have prevented him from feeling a lot of pain during his death. Wow. That's the most that they could come up with. They were like, I... I Grasping at straws at this point. No, I don't think there were any straws to grasp. I think they were like, (laughs) I mean, maybe this could have... Like, they, they were canceled. They knew they were canceled. And it just... It was all downhill. But, um... God. So, yeah. So then Prosecutor Martinez showed photos of the corpse and the crime scene to the jury, then paused for two minutes of silence to illustrate how long he said it took for Alexander to die at Arius's hands. Wow. Dude is a fucking performer. Like, he's a good lawyer, but also, damn. Yeah. But, um... So then after less than three hours of consideration, the jury determined that Arius was eligible for the death penalty. Yeah. Boom. Roasted. So then next, the penalty phase began on May 16th, 2013, which was my brother's birthday. <laughs> Great. All the Mahar kids are getting like Jody Arius convictions for their birthday. And um, this is when prosecutors called Alexander's family members to offer victim impact statements in an effort Oof. to convince the jury that Arius's crime merited a death sentence. Yeah. And on May 21st, no birthday there, but Arius gave a formal statement to the court during which she pleaded for a life sentence. And Arius acknowledged that her plea for life was a reversal of remarks she made to a TV reporter shortly after her conviction. I remember that. Yep, when she said yeah. that she preferred the death penalty. Yep. She said, quote, Each time I said that, I meant it, but I lacked perspective. No shit. <laughs> um, also, quote, she said, also, quote, she said, She also said, quote, um, Until very recently, I could not imagine standing before you and asking you to give me life. Okay. Really? You couldn't have imagined it? N- not you were on trial for wildest- it for like a while. Like, uh, you, were, you were standing, uh, giving your testimony for, like, almost a month. Your defense attorneys quite literally just basically died right in front of you because they knew that this was, like, an uphill battle. They weren't going to win. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. Um, she says she changed her mind to avoid bringing more pain to members of her family who were in the courtroom. And at one point, she held up a white t-shirt with the word survivor written across it. Telling the jurors that she would sell the clothing and donate all proceeds to victims of domestic abuse. Like, ew. 
Can we just? Can we just? Don't open an Etsy shop in the last phase of your trial, (laughs) you crazy woman. But she also said she would donate her hair to Locks of Love while in prison. Oh, God. Fun fact, they don't accept dyed hair. Uh, I'm not going to get into it, but they do a little bit to a certain point. Anyway. To a certain point, but I think if you bleached your hair within an inch of your life, as she clearly did, yeah, I think, and then dyed it brown, I don't it. think they'll take it. Um, yeah, but she said that she had already done so three times while she was in jail. Good for you. That I want that wig. <laughs> fuck your, fuck your art. We want your wigs. Yeah, I want that Jody Arias wig. I, I just, oh god. That, that could pay for somebody's medical bills alone. Like, if you have cancer and you find out you've got Jodi Arias' wig, throw that shit on eBay. You're set for life. I guess. Um, but yeah. So that evening, in a joint jailhouse interview with the Arizona Republic, which is a newspaper, um, KPNX-TV and NBC's Today Show, Arias said she did not know whether the jury would come back with life or death. Really? You have no idea? Um, I mean, it's but- 50-50 at this point. I guess. I mean, especially because the jurors are fucking just dropping, but Yeah. She said, quote, whatever they came back they come back with, I will have to deal with it. I have no other choice. Regarding the yep. verdict, she said, Yeah, I know, like, yes, that is that is what you'll have to do. Very good. That's a um, fact. That's you are not wrong. Um and then regarding the verdict, she said, quote, it felt like a huge sense of unreality. I felt betrayed actually by the jury. I was hoping they would see things for what they are. I felt really awful for my family and what they were thinking. Mm. Again, maybe you shouldn't have killed him. Yeah. Um, so then on May 23rd, the sentencing phase of Arius's trial resulted in a hung jury, prompting the judge to declare a mistrial for that phase. Wow. Yeah. Um, the jury had reached an eight to four decision in favor of the death penalty. And after the mistrial was declared and the jury discharged, the jury foreman stated that he believed Arius was mentally abused, but that that had not been enough to excuse her from her crime. Um, He also said, quote, I think 18 days hurt her. Um, Like, I'm continuing with that. He said that. Um, But he said, quote, we're charging with presuming innocence, right? But she was on the stand for so long. There were so many contradicting stories. Um, I really should. I really should take better notes um <laughs> anyway but yeah um, 18 days is definitely way too long to like 18 tell days a was cohesive too like, story the, that the, you're inventing on the spot the experts the experts took one third of that yeah but anyway um he said the jury found the responsibility of weighing the death sentence overwhelming but were horrified when their efforts ended in a mistrial He said, quote, by the end of it, we were mentally and emotionally exhausted. I think we were horrified when we found out they had actually called a mistrial and we felt like we had failed. Yeah. Um, So then on May 29th, 2013, the Arizona Supreme Court denied to hear an appeal filed three months earlier by Jody Arias's defense, which was also refused by the mid-level Arizona Court of Appeals. Mm-hmm. Then on May 30th, Maricopa County attorney Bill Montgomery discussed the next steps at a news conference. Uh, He said he was confident an impartial jury could be seated, but that it was possible that lawyers and the victim's family could agree to scrap the trial in favor of a life sentence with no parole. Mm. Arias had said, quote, I don't think there is an untainted jury pool anywhere in the world right now. That's what it feels like. 
but I still believe in the system to a degree. So we'll just go through that if that's if that happens. Mm-hmm. Great. Good for you. Um, defense <laughs> attorneys then responded, quote, if the diagnosis made by the state psychologist is correct, the Maricopa County Attorney's Office is seeking to impose the death penalty upon a mentally ill woman who has no prior criminal history. It is not incumbent upon Miss Arias's defense counsel to resolve this case. So there's that. Um, yeah, so it's, then, just, it's just weird when somebody, uh, when the trial comes down to, did this person do this because they have a mental illness? Yeah. Or did they do this out of pure Where is the line evil? drawn? Yeah. Where is the line drawn? Like, she could have a mental illness that made her more uh, susceptible to um, acting on, like, a um, yeah. no, I know thought what you mean. or yeah, something like absolutely. that. Like, the, it, like, it like might the not son have of helped. Sam and the neighbor's dog told him to kill everybody. Yeah, but, her, like, her mental illness might not have helped the case, but she didn't do it because she had the mental illness. Like, she had the capacity to uh, do this anyway right maybe i don't know again yeah i like this is where like i said it becomes more of a gray area because they um, talk about it with um like school shooters a lot too yeah they have the battered woman syndrome is often used as a defense um if anybody wants to read a really good book jody pico wrote a book called 19 minutes and it's about a school shooting it was written after columbine but like before sandy hook to give you like a timeline and yeah, it, I, I haven't read it, but I want to. It, it, um, it's incredibly but yeah, it good, gets into but that. it's fictional. And yeah, it does get into that. And it's told from the perspective of the students who were there during the shooting, but were not those committing the, the shooting, the parents yeah. of the dead, the parents of the living, the parents of the shooter, the shooter himself. And yeah, we'll get into it that, when we talk more about like Columbine and stuff. But yeah, um, but one of the things that yeah. the the attorney talks about there and that Jody Pico found in her research, battered woman syndrome can apply to bullying victims. Yeah. When you're, when you're consistently like often you think abuse is just physical. We're kind of coming away from that now, but when you consider all of the forms of abuse that can be bestowed for lack of a better word on a person. Yeah. It, it can have an effect on that person's psyche, whether it's I, like negative or super negative. You know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah, it, it can also manifest depends itself on the, in violence. The person's, it also depends on the person's, uh, how healthy their mental state is before all of this happens. Because yeah. there, there are people that have gone through horrible, horrible traumatic things. Like and it's like parents, a straw that breaks the camel's back. Yeah. So like there are people who are strong and can like rise up above all of that and like get through it. But then there are people that like, get bullied or something and then yeah. feel like this is the solution it, like yeah yeah you're, like, it's the way that the, it, what as battered woman syndrome suggests it's they feel that the only way that they can protect themselves at this point is through getting rid of whatever or whoever is bothering them permanently through yeah, killing like, them typically. i find it i find it a little hard to believe that Jodi Arias was abused in any type of way only because she seems like the type of person that would speak out immediately if something like that happened. True. Just hearing her in like the courtroom and everything like that. And, and saying like, why is the jury doing this to me? Like that type of stuff. Like I feel betrayed yeah. by them. Yeah. So she seems like the kind of person that would want everyone to know if she was going through something. Right. And also they didn't bring in any character witnesses. If she was so vocal about that, she didn't, she wasn't vocal 
to say like friends or anything like that. Hey, yeah. my parents abused me. Even if the, whether she felt she could talk about Alexander or not. Yeah. Like, why did you move in with your grandparents? Oh, my parents abused me. Like, yeah. there's something there. There's got to be something there. But she yeah. never disclosed that information. So again, we're all, it's all up to speculation at this point. But, yeah, um, I mean, there are people that don't say anything to anybody, but she, it just seemed like she was the type of person that not, would have yeah, said it's something. Not, based on her personality, it's not... It's incongruous. It doesn't make sense. But, yeah. um, so, yeah. So, on October 21st, 2014, Arius' sentencing retrial began. Um, mm-hmm. Opening statements were given, and a hearing on evidence was held. And prosecution witness Amanda Webb, who, if you guys remember, she was called in for the first trial to talk about Arius' testimony that she returned a gas can to Walmart on May 8th, yeah. 2007... Um, she admitted that she did not know if all records were transferred after the store relocated. Hmm. Yeah. So then after a holiday break, the retrial resumed on January 15, in January 2015. And Mesa police experts admitted that Alexander's laptop had viruses and pornography, which was contrary to testimony in the first trial in 2013. Um, Mm -hmm. so then jury deliberations began on February 12th, 2015. And on March 2nd, 2015, the jury informed Judge Stevens that they were deadlocked. Um, Arias's attorneys requested a mistrial, but Stevens denied the request and read additional instructions to the jury and ordered them to resume deliberations. And mm-hmm. on March 5th, 2015, Stevens declared a mistrial because the jurors who deliberated for this, this is rough, about 26 hours over the course of five <gasps> days. Wow. Yeah. Um, they were deadlocked at an 11 to 1 vote in favor of the death penalty. Um, wow. Sentencing was scheduled for April 7th, 2015, with Stevens having the option to sentence Arias to either life imprisonment without the possibility of parole or with the possibility of parole after 25 years. Mm-hmm. So then on April 13th, Stevens sentenced Arius to life in prison. Blah, blah, blah. Stevens sentenced Arius. I can't fucking speak. Stevens sentenced Arius to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like just a fucking mess in the last couple of months of sentencing. Yeah, it sounds like it. And all this new information comes out. And I mean, and again, calling back to... And that just muddies up what the original trial was talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. And- Why wasn't this brought forth in the original trial? And it, it also calls back to all of those phone calls that were exchanged, like, right before she allegedly yeah. killed him. And that those were never brought forth. And we don't know what was said. Um, so then in June 2015, following a restitution hearing... Arius was ordered to pay more than $32,000 to Alexander's siblings. Whoa. But Arius' attorney stated that this was about one-third of the amount requested. Wow. Yeah. Um, so then, as of 2016, Arius is housed at the Arizona Department of Corrections, number 281129, which is located at Arizona State Prison Complex, Perryville. She mm. started her sentence in the complex's maximum security Lumley, Lumley unit, um, but she has the possibility of being downgraded to a medium security level. Travis Alexander is buried in Riverside, California's Olivewood Cemetery. Wow. Yeah. So then on July 6th, 2018, Arias' current attorneys, Peg Green and Corey Engel, filed a 324-page appeal 
seeking her murder conviction to be overturned to the Arizona Court of Appeals. And while an answer was actually initially expected on January 4th of this year, um, Mm -hmm. a motion was filed on January 3rd for an extension, which was granted on January 7th. So we've still got to wait a little bit for that appeal to be answered, basically. Yeah. But it's so it's still going on. Yeah. Um, And so then to get into the pop culture side of things a little bit, make things a little more fun um because this was a doozy yeah Um, it gets weird at the end it gets really weird at the end it's like did she do it didn't she do it at first we were so sure and then it was like "Mm." Um, yeah so yeah so then on top of arius's inside edition interview uh the case featured an episode uh, was was featured on an episode of 48 hours mystery picture perfect in 2008 Mm -hmm. um and It was an interview which, for the first time in history of 48 Hours, in the history of... I can't fucking speak. These words are here on my page. I'm just not reading them. (laughs) Um, For the first time in the history of 48 Hours, the interview was used as evidence in a death penalty trial. Mm. Yeah. Um, And then HLN aired a daily show covering the trial called HLN After Dark, the Jodi Arias trial, and journalist Jane Velez Mitchell of HLN went on to write a book titled Exposed, The Secret Life of Jody Arias, which was published in August of 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, then a lot of people know. Again, we got we got a lot of similarities between like this wasn't intentional, but between the Elizabeth Smart case and the Jody Arias case. I say a lot. It's actually not a lot, but. <laughs> Mormonism plays a huge role, but also yeah. they both have a lifetime movie. And oh, okay. Jody Arias's lifetime movie is called Jody Arias Dirty Little Secret. And Lifetime it, loves women that kill people and also women that go missing. Lifetime loves women that kill people, period. Like they have, I'm pretty sure, a series called it's either Lifetime or Oxygen has a women series called Women Who Kill. <laughs> like and that's isn't, it. Isn't, isn't that what Snapped is on Oxygen? Snapped is a different one. There's also a series called Will- Women Who Kill. Yes, but Snapped is all about like Snapped. It's the- it's it doesn't matter your gender. If you snap, you snap. Oh, okay. If you snap, you qualify. And then Oxygen is owned by Lifetime, isn't it? Is it? Um, I think I'm making that up. It's owned by Viacom, but I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Um. Anyway, go on. Yes, if you work for Oxygen, let us know. Um. So then, it stars actress tanya raymond r-a-m-o-n-d-e so i'm not sure if it's raymond um but mm-hmm. she's she's known for her work on lost she was on lost for a while um, oh okay and she plays jody arias and then jesse lee sofer who people would know from chicago pd plays travis alexander um also the dad from ugly betty isn't it oh um, all right. yeah like they got some they got some like recognizable people for this movie and that that's a big one for them yeah, that's that's like that's that's half the battle for Lifetime is getting this shit seen. Like I remember like one of the few Lifetime movies I've seen, it had Jamie Kennedy in it. And I was like, is that Jamie Kennedy? And that's what kept me through the entire movie. <laughs> that's what kept me. Wait, what's he doing here? <laughs> and yeah. good. Um, but no, so the film premiered on Lifetime on June 22nd, 2013, and it has an audience score of 45% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's currently available on on Amazon. If anybody wants to watch it, you can rent it for like watch I it. think like three ninety nine. Um, Perfect. I can't contest as to whether or not it's good, but like 
I mean, it's got some cool people in it. If you love like Lost or Chicago PD or Ugly Betty, then there you go. Um, but furthermore, among the multiple books written on Jody Arias, Travis Alexander and the case, um, like, for example, Travis Alexander had two friends who wrote a book about him. Basically, oh, okay. like, that's cool. His side of things and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the prosecuting attorney, Martinez, he wrote a book titled Conviction, the Untold Story of Jody Arias Behind Bars. Um, okay. And that was published in 2016. And if he is as much of a performer with his words as he was in the court case, I'm sure it's a good read. Probably. Um, but now we have the best part. In and late 2013, is- artwork drawn by Arias began selling yeah. on eBay. And the seller was her brother, who said that the profits went towards covering the family's travel expenses for the trial and, quote, better food for Arias while she was in jail. Mm. However, now she has a website, JodiArias.com, on which you can buy prints of her sketches and photographs for everybody in your life, including your favorite podcast host. Wow, I just choked for a second. I thought somebody that was in jail couldn't uh make a profit or anything while they were there i i i don't know actually i mean i think like gacy's all gacy's stuff had to go to like uh charity or whatever or he wasn't allowed to sell it donating it to domestic violence victims like she said she was gonna do maybe maybe but um also i just want to read a quick quote that she has on her website which is, since I was a child, I've been drawn to art. I have been privileged to study under the guidance of two very gifted teachers. One, I remember only as Mr. B, the art teacher at Orcutt Junior High School, who I'm sure has long since retired. He granted me creative freedom to veer from the linear syllabus and follow my own inclinations. Richard Rengel, my high school art teacher and a true master of fine art, instilled me with the confidence in my ability that I would carry into the future and do still today. It is in large part due to his ceaseless belief in my skill that I have continued my artistic pursuits years after I last walked out of his classroom. So again, mm. you go to jodiarius.com, you can get a print, just like I got a print for Haley. Um, it's very pretty. You can, Yes, it is very she's pretty. Actually, she's actually a pretty good artist. She's actually pretty talented. You can also get prints of photographs that she had taken. And, oh, really? Yep. And you can get, remember when we talked about that little Survivor t-shirt that she was going to sell? Uh-huh. You can get one of those, too. Interesting. Yes. Um, but also, I, I, I thought I toyed with putting this in, not putting it in. Um, social media also played a big role in this. And uh-huh. I did want to touch on that. I, I, I have decided I'm going to touch on that. Um, you should, just yes. Because the pop she, culture side of it. Yeah, but she had a Twitter account during the trial. Her friends updated it so that wow. she, because she could not, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But she basically talked about like her feelings on the trial, and her friends would tweet it. Um, and it was just, I like, I really, I really don't know. But um, it's now private. I tried to access it, oh. and yeah. Um, but the last thing that she said was something like i'm trying to find it here um 
because it was something like i don't know what the outcome is going to be oh okay like so it's right before the uh the sentencing or whatever yes on june 22nd uh what year is that in 20 i think it's 2013 um i'm trying to find it yes in on june 22nd in 2013 um she the last tweet from that account she said just don't know yet if i will plea or appeal hmm um but yeah nobody nobody knows like yeah what she meant by that but the big thing was that she had s- some very public supporters, including one, and I use this term loosely, President mm. Donald J. Trump. I did remember that. Yeah. And I he had said heard that. And I toyed with this because I was like, do I want to give him anything do i want to mention his name but for the sake of the episode i will mention it do i do the voice or no Haley? no okay just read i do i do an excellent john donald trump john impression donald trump um <laughs> so donald said quote it's so hard not to do it with the voice um jody arias has stated that she follows me on twitter So I really hate to be saying that she is guilty, but sadly, she is as guilty as it gets. Um, (laughs) Out the mouths of babes. He would know what guilt is like. Anyway. Sorry um, sorry you follow me, but fuck you. Sorry, but like, even I can tell that you're guilty. And that's saying something. Um, And I'm guilty of a lot. That says it all. That says it all. But um, he also offered Arius legal advice on how she could avoid the maximum sentence saying, quote, Jody should try, but the government should not make a deal. No jury could be dumb enough to let her off, but you never know. Look <laughs> at OJ and others. Yeah. I mean, sure. Pretty soon, those words will ring true for somebody else. Not gonna say who, but I think we know who. Not gonna say, but I think we know. <sighs> but yeah, that is the plight of Jody Arias. Yeah. And what a plight it is. It sounds like it. There's a lot going on here, okay? Like almost too much. Almost. And yet we're still here, so Yeah. I don't know, man. But yeah. That's some crazy shit. Yeah. Wasn't there the a whole thing is nuts. There, there was like a, a series about her relatively recently, probably on Oxygen. Hmm. I think but I remember I, actually I think I remember that. If um, I if I find a link to the like trailer or something somewhere, I'll put it on the website. I'm trying to. I think it was like I think it was like the R. Kelly type thing on Lifetime. Like it was just like Jodi Arias, like part one, Jodi Arias part two. Like they just went in depth yeah. on the case. Yeah, that might have been it. Yeah. But anyway, there's a lot of info on this case, and you can really just go down the rabbit hole on it. Yeah, I mean, and this case is only ten years old. Like it's been going on for like forever. It seems like, but it is only yeah. ten years old. So like. It's still relevant. People are still talking about it. It's very, like, 2020 did a thing on her, and, like, like oh, here it is. I, I looked it up just now. Um, the, I don't know if it's Oxygen, but there was a miniseries on yes. TV that was titled Jodi Arias, An American Murder Mystery, and that just came yes. out this year. And you can get it on Amazon Prime for $1.99. Yeah, do that. Ooh, do and that. it has a seven-star rating on IMDb. 
Wow. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. Now I know what I'm doing tonight. So go watch that. Binging SVU. And in the meantime, but I'm going to act like I'm seeing this. In the meantime, you can go to the website, which yes. is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com, and yes. you can find all the information from this episode and the links. Uh, to our social. You can, yeah, our social media. Just you can you can email us, tell us if you think Jody Arias is guilty or not. Yeah, um, so we've been getting lots of interactions on uh, Instagram, which is really fun. On the gram, so. on Facebook a little bit, too. Yeah. Um, we also, just real quick, for those who aren't following us on our social media, go do that. But if yeah. not, um, we mentioned, so every year BuzzFeed puts out a 2019 podcast, or every year BuzzFeed puts out a podcast list. The 2019 list they are currently taking suggestions for. Yeah. Um, so if you want to maybe request us, suggest us, anything like that, to go on to BuzzFeed's podcast list, um, you can do so. You can post on the BuzzFeed community. We have a link um, on our Facebook, but there's yeah. also a way that you can, as posted on our Instagram and our Facebook and I think our Twitter um, you can also write directly to the person compiling these suggestions. And yeah, just make name, sure you put podcast in the uh, in the subject line so it doesn't get uh, passed over. But uh, email... I was getting there. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> no, go ahead. I'll leave you I to it. You. No, I love you. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> when mom and dad are fighting. Um, <laughs> so... You can email your suggestions to Scott Bryan, scott.bryan at buzzfeed.com. And that's Brian with a Y, Scott with two T's. Um, like, I don't know. I'll spell it out for you even. We're that desperate. And it's S-C-O-T-T. Do it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Um, S-C-O-T-T dot Brian, B-R-Y-A-N at buzzfeed.com, B-U-Z-Z-F-E-E-D dot C-O-M. I don't think I need to do that, but I'll do it. <laughs> For consistency's sake. And again, yeah, like podcast needs to be in the subject title. Otherwise, he's going to spam your ass. But yeah, if you could do that. Deadline is January 18th. You even got a little bit of time. You got like, by the time this episode comes out, you've got like three days. But we'd we'd really appreciate it. Like, And if you wanted to do that, if you wanted to do that and maybe uh, even send us a screenshot of your email or suggestion comment and we'll give you a little shout out as a thank you yeah absolutely i mean like if 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 you know anything from listening we love doing this we love telling these stories we love working together and everything the whole thing it's just a labor of love and if you could help us keep that labor of love going and share it with others so that we can keep entertaining others and keep telling these stories that would be just yeah. Awesome. Super dope. Be awesome. Yeah. And quick shout out to our friend in uh, Belfast who's been sharing it around. Yes. Yes. Thank we have you. A lot of, we have a lot of uh, listeners in Belfast friends. now, which is really fun. Yes. Like it's, it's totally, it's all her. And I'm trying to find her name because I don't want to, I'm going to, I'm going to fuck it up no matter what, because that's kind of my MO here though. I just give a, a pa- give out a first name. We don't want to. Yes. Uh... Oh no, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Um, no, her name is Catriona, and we appreciate you. We love lovely you and name. appreciate you. It is a lovely name. It's very pretty. Yeah. Yeah, but that's really cool. Yeah. And I, I enjoy that. 
She's dope. Also, if We're you know dope. anyone in if you know anyone in Mississippi, Hawaii, or Vermont, tell them to listen because <laughs> those are the three states we're missing. But we do have something United planned states. when we get all the states. Yes, once we get all fifty states, I'll be very excited. There is and an we incentive. We can tell you what we have planned. Yes. Yeah, but, but we, we need those three states until you give us a little something. Mississippi, Vermont, for the for fuck's sake, like fucking drive to Mississippi, listen to like one episode oh, and, wait, and we'll I count it. I think it was it. four. I think it was Rhode Island too. Yeah, Rhode Island is one. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, like we said, go to the website crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com and email us crimeculturepod at gmail.com. Please, please, and please. Go on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all those things, all the things, and we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.